Hey, Goners. Shauna here from The Gone Girls. If you love The Gone Girls and want to hear more, please go to iTunes, subscribe to our podcast, The Gone Girls, and give us a five-star rating. Love you. Gone Girls Podcast. We interview the people we like and try to get to the bottom of life. The Gone Girls Podcast. The Gone Girls Podcast Show. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Gone Girls Podcast. I'm Ankara Martinez. I'm Shauna Lane. And we've got Heather Fink here today. Heather Fink. Hi, nice to meet you, ladies, and talk with you. Nice to meet you. Thank you for coming. Very exciting. Appreciate Um, it. This is your second podcast today. (laughs) So you warmed up for us. Yeah. Yeah, it is strange. Like I said, I probably only do like two to three podcasts a year, but today I'm doing three. So, uh, but neither of them ask me such chilling personal questions. So I'm very excited. Oh yeah, we're gonna get into it with you. Chilling as people flush the toilet right next to us. Yeah, (laughs) we get deep and obnoxious. Yeah, for sure. Excellent. Um, So Heather has a movie. You have a movie coming out. Yes. Very exciting. Heather is a writer, director, and star. That's right. Um, <laughs> yeah, your credits are. Your, I mean, I was like, it's gonna take fifteen minutes to say all your credits, but that's you have quite a long list of of stuff. Yeah, yeah I try to like do a general panache of like, oh, I was a stand-up comedian. I made a whole bunch of short films. I bought, you know, it, it's a list. But this is my first feature film um, as a writer and director. And I do star in it too, but I actually never made it. I never set out to star in it. It was sort of was just what helped get the thing made, just okay. being in it. Um, oh. However, uh, I forget the however part. Yeah, I'm in it. And there's so many things. We are in a space, by the way, for anyone who's listening with so much activity in life. And so <laughs> much going on now. Less than it used to be because it used to be an actual restaurant. So we used yeah. to do podcasts. With people oh, wow. in the eating They're like dinner. eating. Wow. <laughs> Depending on the guests, it gets dirty. Because we're at New York Comedy Club and we're at the... Um, the place next door. The place next door. Does this place I think they want to call anymore? it the place next door. Oh, I like that. Yeah. That's cute. Yeah. It used to be a vegan restaurant. Did you just say that? Yeah. Uh, no, I... Oh, did I say it was the V-Spot? I don't remember. I think I said it on the earlier podcast. Oh, okay. Okay. One of the most high-maintenance thing, uh, things about me is that when I do have meetings as, like, a director or writer with people, talk about their film, whatever, their project, I'm always, I always make a note in the email that I'm very sensitive to noise, so I, I don't wow. want to be in certain cafes. So this is a challenge for me. It's oh, a focus it? challenge. It is. Do you have any headphones? With oh, them? no. I can, because well. we have them. No. Um, oh, no, I didn't bring them. Do you? It's okay. No, I don't oh, have them okay. with me. That's okay. That's okay. It's well, louder now than it was earlier. Is it because there's a show? There wasn't yeah. a show going on, oh, and okay. we can't close. I mean, the curtain is closed. I'll, but I'll roll with it. Okay. Do you guys keep this part in? You edit it out. Yeah, no, we don't edit. <laughs> okay. We like to keep it raw. <laughs> That's why we don't edit. It's well, just a it. weird it's thing I have. Real. I actually pay the bills as a sound person. And um, yeah, you're a sound person. That's but right. I had that already. I kind of like I hear a beep. I'm like ah. Oh, so okay. I'm just sensitive. Misophonia. Is that I a have, thing? Yes. Oh, I have a hundred percent have that. I am oh, like driven mad. I heard all sound. about it. And it gets worse. 
given, I don't know, whatever's going on with me. Like, some days I wake up and I hear a bird outside and I'm like, that's going to be a loud day. Aww. You know? I, well, it does affect our mood. The power totally. of uh, sound in cinema is to affect our psyche as we experience whatever the characters I mean, experience. True, it does set the mood. Yeah. I put well, on a, yeah. You do, as music. a sound person, have to be super sensitive to the sound because you, I mean, I feel all the frequencies. And recently, how important the audio is. It's like the whole movie. Like, if you don't have good yeah. audio. I it mean Dunkirk, like for example. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Sometimes absolutely. Sometimes it looks like a porn if the sound's bad. You're like, mm. yeah, yeah. That's the tricky thing. People out there, take the step to. I mean, it's like yeah. it's like floss your teeth. Get a good sound person. Anyway, <laughs> what, what is it about Dunkirk? What were you? Oh, to? Dunkirk is. I'd say like sixty percent sound design. It, even though they put a lot of effort into the cinematography and blowing things up or whatever but most of what's making you feel like there's really bombs is all this elaborate sound design if you try to imagine that movie and know that those actors like aren't hearing any of that stuff it definitely wow. well, yeah. <laughs> makes it less real that's crazy it's um i thought it was miserable actually oh. i mean okay. it's like really well made but it's miserable it's kind wow. of like a uh, war horror film like it just keeps being oh. more and more horrible oh, so ooh, i don't but then scary. the next day i saw girls trip and then everything was great <laughs> oh i want to see that was that oh my god i mean even did out yeah no yeah. i have strong feelings about both movies but girls trip the m- top thing i want to say about it is there are scenes in that movie that are so next level crazy funny yeah. like Oh my God, did they really go there? Yeah. Um, like, let me just say there's like a grapefruit scene, a peeing scene when you just thought, it, oh, the pee is kind of funny gag and then they bring it farther. Oh, wow. There's like, ah, oh, there's this tripping scene. I mean, it's so great. The n- worst thing about the movie though is I feel they gave them almost no money for post-production. And wow. I say when you start the movie, I think the editing is sloppy. The, um, the graphics are sloppy. It looks like temp graphics and the sound. I don't know that they even did a sound mix on it. You'll, I think the average listener can notice some lines are off mic and I can remember which scenes, wow. but I feel that they didn't, they, this movie cost them 19 million to make and it brought in 30 million at the box office this weekend. Uh-huh. Dunkirk costs 50 million and it brought or cost 150 million and brought in 50 at the box office. Oh, wow. So, yeah. you know, for what they spent, you, you yeah. know, they did extremely well at yeah. the box office. And I wish the studio invested properly in post for the movie. Because I think when you watch it, a lot of the dra- dramatic scenes drag and it kind of looks cheap. However, it is so funny. The performances are so good. It's, I swear it's the editing is the only weak spot of that movie. Huh. Anyway, passionate feelings. Oh, no, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> we used to do movie reviews, remember? Oh, yeah, yeah, the first couple of us, yeah. And we would have the guest also watch the movie, and then we would all... Oh, yeah, we'd make them watch, like, the worst movies ever. That's what we were doing, because people were like, why'd you make me watch the movie? Like, Hallmark movies. I didn't know that one was a Hallmark Those things are great to make fun of, though. I mean, I used to love mystery. Yeah, exactly. So. So you are... I mean, you're busy as a sound person, right? You're working long days. Yeah, really, really long ones. I mean, basically, when I commit to do sound on something, I can't do anything the night before that night. Yeah, the hours are intense. However, it has contributed to my directing ambitions because I've gotten to shadow a director on a TV show I was working on. I've seen a hundred, like, I've seen at this point at least a hundred different directors doing their craft on the top budget level. And so I'm 
I'm right there in the middle of it with my microphones listening to everything. And so I can compare and contrast like what's a good style and learning from them. Sorry, I cut you off. No, no, no. I was about to cut you off. I was going to say, um, how are you, did you go to school for sound? I went to NYU's grad film program and I learned all the different technical things while honing my skills as a director and writer. So (laughs) yeah, there's, there's no, yeah, there's noise in the background. Yeah, there's this guy talking. Does he work? Does he work here? I don't know. I don't know who he is. Just tell him we're doing a podcast. Okay. This okay. is going to be interesting. We can watch Shauna do this. This is fun. Okay. Shauna's walking up to some guy at the front. She's walking He's up to him. He's on the phone talking in Spanish. Mm-hmm. He knows that we're doing something. We have a microphone. She's going to yeah. kindly ask him to shut the fuck up. This is a lot like my life. There's like crew <laughs> talking on set All and you time. have to tell them that you can hear them. Yeah. <laughs> we can hear you. I think he's getting louder. <laughs> oh, boy. Yay. Good job, with sound. <laughs> oh, he can't go out that way, I don't think. Oh. Uh-oh, like he unlocked the door. But you're so kind <laughs> when you ask. <laughs> They're like, okay, Excuse me. you can have an aneurysm. <laughs> that is oh, an interesting he was so uh, <laughs> tactic for getting what you want in life. The, the old, I'll kill myself if you don't try. <laughs> this out, but I'm going to end up dead at the end, so. Yeah. He was super sweet. Oh. Yeah, it's nice outside. Yeah. I didn't ask him to go outside. He told him. Yeah. Go outside. He's like, oh, 20 minutes, no problem. Okay, great. So the movie that, this is the first movie that you're producing, and you wrote it, right? I did, yeah. It's my first feature. I've made Inside a Inside You. Yeah. Okay. Inside You, it's a comedy about a couple that switches bodies after a night with a magic sex toy. I love Amazing. it. Amazing, yeah. Great... <laughs> it's like Freaky Friday, but sex yeah, toy. Yeah, yeah exactly. And I watched as many body switching movies as I could find, just so wow. I could like... Wow, are there a lot out there? <laughs> There's a lot. There, was only, there were only two that involved male-female switching. Well, there was one with a couple in the 90s, and it was Australian, but it was definitely made by a guy because it was very, like, oh, I've got my period, and it hurts so bad. It was very kind of, like, stereotypical, cheesy. Um, And so I saw this as uncharted territory, and I charted it. That's awesome. (laughs) Yeah, it's a great idea. Thank you. So how do you how do you manage to do both while you were working on this project? Did, were you not doing sound on anything? Were you just exactly? Not working? Oh. Yeah. So it's kind of like a per project thing. Or if I can't do a day or a week on a show, I cover myself. So in that time, I just didn't work on anything. But a couple days, I gave myself a couple days to relax after I wrapped, and then I started working for the next like six months on uh, doing sound on Daredevil season two. Oh wow! So that was. Oh. But exciting. Yeah, but I single-handedly paid for all of my post-production and that's, that's by doing yeah. yeah by doing sound all of my paychecks boom. Wow, movie. good for you. Yeah. yeah, well, you know, not I mean, yeah, a lot of filmmakers are born wealthy or with connections or have some famous person Absolutely. in their movie, and those things didn't happen for me. But I think you know, just never take no for an answer as long as you're not talking about taking someone's consent. Um, yeah. <laughs> as far as, yeah. as far achieving your dreams there's always another way to get where you want to go and every way is different for each person is there a union yeah. for sound people? yeah mm-hmm. okay. i'm in the union here in new york and i just joined the union in la for that 
local 52 and 695. <laughs> and so, because I'm moving to, a, yeah, well, kind of. Uh, yeah, and I'm, I'm driving cross country and screening my film across the country along the way uh, and moving to LA in September. Wow. Oh. So, so this is your, this is your baby. Like this is your. Mm. It's, a, it's my big baby. It was a hundred thousand dollar baby. Wow. <laughs> and it was expensive, but that actually is not much for a feature. Mm -hmm. And that involves free favors. People, nobody who worked on the movie made more than one fifty a day. So nice. yeah. Did you have any idea going into it? Like how much work or what it would entail? Do you have like ideas of what was going to come up as far as like writing, producing and all yeah, that Yeah, definitely. I mean, I've worked on movies as a sound person before, um, but this is my first time directing a feature and I directed several shorts. Um, so I knew it was going to be hard. This movie was especially hard. There was just so much bad luck. So many stupid things that happened, like the equipment truck hitting a car, oh. not once, but twice. Oh. Or, um, oh I mean, I could list a lot of crazy stories, but that would take a whole other tangent. We, I had a lot of bad luck. It was harder than it needed to be, but he did it. I did it. Yeah, I did. <laughs> yeah, so I can do more things and hopefully with more resources the next time around. Right, 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 right. That's the right. goal. Did you have a, um, were you also the, I mean, obviously you were the producer since you funded it. Were you, did you have someone helping you with just all the deal? I mean, there's like so an many assistant hats or a to partner. Wear. Or yeah, what? I definitely did. I had two producers, Elizabeth Durkin and Shruti Ganguly. And Elizabeth was more my on-set person because Shruti couldn't be, and they were a part of that process. However, a lot of favors and commitments you get out of people, whether it's cast commitments or crew favors, those things will only come for the director, and you have to ask personally. So, yeah. you know. I had to yeah. <laughs> be part of that. Right, right, right. Yeah. Wow, he's wearing a lot of hats. It's amazing. I mean, I produce live shows and not even that <laughs> often, and it's exhausting. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Like I used to when I used to do stand up, I always hosted shows because I love to meet other comedians that way. And yeah, I that was hard. That was still really hard. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. I get that. So um, you used to do. How long did you do stand up for? Um, ever since I was a little girl, kind of, but I stopped. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that's I was. Cute. Yeah, I mean, like I didn't come to the city to do it. It was more during recess, but. <laughs> <laughs> but relief at recess. Exactly. Like, Gather around, kids. We're not I playing Foursquare this time. That's exactly what I used to do. <laughs> um, but and I didn't do that every year of my life. That was more like third grade, especially. Um, but I did stand up in New York specifically from like 2005 to 2010. Oh, okay. So, wow. and then yeah. were you just like, I don't want to do this for a living, so I'm going to move on? No, it was a hard decision, actually. I loved doing it and I loved being part of that world, but there were a couple things happening all at once that I, which were the impetus to stop. One of them was I started film school. And I started working on films, and the hours are completely prohibitive to doing stand-up or so anything yeah, else. Yeah, so yeah you couldn't keep a, a set or a show. If I, if I were uh, you know, on film sets, I couldn't show up on time. So I couldn't do it for time reasons. The other reason was that you need time to write and work on your material, whatever it is. And any time that I had to work on writing, it was to work on screenplays. There was no spare time to work on the stand-up. Yeah. Um, and then 
there were a couple other things. Like one thing, my dad had a really serious stroke and he survived it. But, you know, it, it was one of the saddest things I've ever. Some people say, what's the hardest thing you've ever done? Or was the movie the hardest thing? It's the second hardest thing. The first hardest was, you know, dealing with my dad. So of the second course. hardest thing yeah. was the um, was the movie. I know, sad stuff. But um, that's also like I, right after that happened, I just I didn't have it in me to get back on stage. So uh, hopefully one day I would yeah. love to. You know, I dated a stand-up comedian this last year. Not anymore, but Ooh. I was around. I know, I know. Ooh. I never dated them while I was doing Rule it. Number one. <laughs> I know. I never. Yeah. I mean, you know, maybe some light kissing, but no. <laughs> <laughs> Heavy petting. Yeah. So I. Also, I just remember. We were married for a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. No, I just remembered someone saying that Sarah Silverman had slept her way to the top, and I thought to myself, like. What? Like I believe that Sarah Silverman just had sex with people and is on the top. (laughs) Right. You know. So I just thought I heard that said. Brought with hot dudes to sleep your way to the top with. No, it's like a lot of creeps. I mean, of course people tried some shit. You know, like it. Ugh. You, you're female comedians. You've it's, been there. You know what happens to you. You never get credit. You never get credit. I, listen. I've never felt I'm, hotter in my life, though, than doing comedy. I'm like, oh. I am a 12 here yeah. if I am anything, anywhere. I mean, I was in comedy before I met my husband, and my, my husband's in comedy, and um, I'm the wife. You know what I mean? Uh, it's like, um, hello? Yeah. I'm separate. It's just my own person. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It did feel weird going to shows with him and being like the person next to him was very uncomfortable for me because my entire year is doing stand up. I mean, I didn't even really have a boyfriend. So, yeah, uh, yeah, I, I get that. That's it's an unpleasant feeling. Yeah, it sucks. I still feel it when I go to film festivals as a single woman, uh-huh. um, you know, because you dress nice to go to events and people, you're in a circle talking and everyone's like, oh, so what movies are you making? And sometimes they look over, overlook you as a woman and just assume you're someone's arm candy right. at the festival. Um, so, yeah. Actually an artist. Exactly. And they, I mean, I think that what the Aziz Ansari show Master of None addressed that there was like this episode there was a scene where they were talking in a circle and the guy just sort of talked over the woman (laughs) yes that's the thing that happens like all the time (laughs) yeah so when you do sound what do you what exactly is your job are you the boom operator or yeah I mean it's kind of a long boring answer my title's technically sound utility and sometimes I'm the boom operator sound utility is the second boom and I mean I don't know if your listeners want to know this (laughs) you want to know okay in movies and television with proper budgets sound departments are typically three people the sound mixer who has is at their cart actually um yeah they're in their with their car and they're actually recording it and it's all their gear mostly and then the boom operator is the eyes and the ears on set the sound utility is the go-between and yeah well yeah like i i wire the actors i'm the second boom most scenes almost i mean on the shows i've been working on we have two booms in a lot of the scenes um so you can get all the dial because the boom is the superior microphone in with some exceptions you know loud exteriors you want a wire um so i wire the actors you know move the carts or i mean there's a million odd and end things whether it's like charging batteries running cables so you're like they're stuck at the cart or on set and i'm do everything else i guess Ah, (laughs) yeah i didn't realize how important it was to have this have the sound be 
Good. I, mean, I don't know how to. Yeah, mm-hmm. sounds important. Film and film and television, like it yeah. sounds. It's not eloquently said, but yeah, it's really important. Like it makes. Yeah. It, it makes, makes or breaks the movie. Absolutely. Like I mean, it's the psychological experience of the viewer. The sound. It's so subconscious. You want to be. It, it draws the mind to whatever the filmmaker wants you to pay attention to. You. They want you to pay attention to this dialogue. Then it's going to get really quiet in the background. Oh. They want you to feel stressed out. Start hearing. You're going to start hearing all mm-hmm. this background yeah. sound. Like, you know, it can create a sense of motion. It can create a sense of what you're supposed to be paying attention to. So, yeah. I mean, it must help that you're sensitive to sound also because I've definitely been on sets where they're like, you know, whatever, you know, there's something rustling outside. And Mm -hmm. I'm really sensitive to sound, and I don't know if I would have heard that, you know. I know that they all have headphones. (laughs) It's the microphones, yeah. Yeah. Like, they're sensitive. Like, those boom microphones work kind of like a laser, and everything it points at, it's going to hear. Just, like, everything. Is it tiring to hold that boom like that? Um, you get used to it, and you don't have yeah, to. I was gonna say that's one of the hardest <laughs> jobs. I did it in film school for like ten minutes. I was like, I can't do this. It's so heavy. It's hard. It does get heavy. Yesterday, actually, I was booming a scene in the pouring rain with Bill Pullman acting his heart out, wow. and it was like the rain pouring. My hands were so freaking wet, and it's when you're doing an outdoor scene, you put this big blimp on the microphone, and that thing was getting all wet and heavy, and I don't want to. F- mess with Bill Pullman's fantastic <laughs> performance. Right. You know? arms up. Keep your arms yeah, up. Yeah, so, I mean, but it's not only, it's something you can get used to in your body, but there is this motivation of, like, don't you fuck up this yeah. shot. Don't you mess with Pullman's performance. Right. He is giving it right now. Yeah. So, oh. Think- <laughs> Let's get into booming. I'm not going to do that. Oh. Oh. Yeah, no. It's When they yell cut, are you like, I love you, Bill? <laughs> the worst moment of booming booming I've ever experienced was when I was the boom operator on an SNL um, segment where it was like Louis C.K. and he was doing like the Dyke and Fats sketch, if you remember this sketch. What was it? It was a Louis C.K.'s, one of his SNL episodes, and it was Dyke and Fats, like these two cops, and it was Kate oh, McKinnon. Yes. And- oh my God. I <laughs> Yeah, it was like, you know, this, it was a funny sketch and, um, they are talking to him and there's cross coverage of wide shots. So a lot of headroom and cross lighting. So there's shadows being thrown everywhere and there's no great place for me to be. Plus like I'm fully extended standing on an apple box already and he starts doing improv and the take is, they're they're so funny and they're so, you know, (laughs) <laughs> They're so hilarious, but they just are going on <laughs> and on, and my body is in pain in front of these comedy heroes. Oh my gosh! And so that that wasn't uh, that wasn't like you're fun. The hero there in that one. A silent hero. Because <laughs> like really, if I call attention to myself, that's uh, problematic, you know. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. That that must be hard too. I mean, you just start in your own movie and then you're like okay I'm gonna operate the boom now I'm gonna accidentally hit you in the head with it oh god <laughs> I will say like one of my sad moments because this movie didn't really get into many festivals it's playing in some like small smaller festivals um and it was crushing and the day that I didn't get into Tribeca it was the last of the good festivals that I applied to and got rejected from and if you just get into one good festival then you know you yeah. you've got a path for your movie to success and that day I was working on um that I got rejected. I was working on the get down and Jimmy Smith's and he's got these massive feet. He's a huge man. Mm-hmm. And I, really <laughs> and the reason I bring up his feet is one of the things you also do. The, the one of the most glamorous parts of the job is you silence people's shoes. Yeah. 
yeah. <laughs> and you or you lay down carpets. And I am there on my hands and knees, brushing off his dirty foot bottoms, putting some padding on. And I just want to cry. She's <laughs> like, I'm in a movie. <laughs> and I and I hated it. So, I mean, I just was like, I went to a film school. I did all these experiences. And here I am on the floor, yeah. <laughs> you know, know, under these massive feet. But I mean... I don't know. Jimmy asked me what was wrong and he cheered me up. And so I thought oh, that's not. That's nice that he noticed. Yeah, he noticed. I mean, <laughs> so it's not like the least. That's kind of nice. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, I, you know, you got, you, sometimes you have to feel really crappy and then just get over oh, yourself. Yeah, totally. I mean, you know, as, as performers, we all have, or whatever, artists, we have our, you know, survival jobs and they're not that glamorous, but they pay what our way to make the art that we need to make. And yeah. going back, to that like ho hem job, whatever it is, even if it is yeah. a great job, it's like, oh my awesome. god, you're like, yeah. what am I doing? I mean, like, yeah. one of the guys in my office, he's like a huge rock star. He like goes to like Germany and like Australia, and he's on tour, and then he comes back and he's like, do you want to try? And he's like, I can't believe I'm here. I'm like, yeah, yeah your eyeliner amazing. looks great. <gasps> There's nothing Joe like Mackie? children. Oh, more oh, visitors. <laughs> yeah, we've got to say hi to Joe Mackey. Joe, how are you? Do you know Joe Mackey? I don't know Joe. This is Heather Fink. Nice Hi, to meet you. nice to meet you. <laughs> okay. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Oh, awesome. We're gonna have you on our podcast. Okay. Yeah, we'll have you next week. Yeah, looks cute. We were actually talking about you on the last podcast. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Earlier with Rel Battle. Okay. Anyway. Yeah. Poor I know. It's going on. She has a movie coming out. Oh, it's very exciting. Congratulations. Thank you. Finnegan in it. Oh, he's great. Yeah. Good stuff. Anyway, okay, so should Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. No, it's fine, no. I was just talking about actually my day job, which is I babysit oh, right, and tutor yeah. these kids, and they're French. I mean, they're adorable, and they're really funny. They totally crack me up, but man, they don't give a fuck about what's going on with me. You know, yeah. there's nothing. Like, like, I go work on something, and I'm like, I'm star, and then I go work with them, and they're like... Who cares? Family is the most, or family and and young people are probably the most humbling individuals out there as far as, wait, you did what? Nope, don't care. What are you doing? (laughs) What little game are you playing? Like, my car is lame because the back of it doesn't automatically, I don't know, I don't know what their parents' car does, but mine is not Mm. awesome enough. They're always like, lame. (laughs) My car is a Subaru. It's a cute car. It just you have to actually lift the back of it up. You can't just press a button and then it raises the the back of the car. Oh, that's, that is cool. <laughs> you can do that. I'm not saying your car is lame. I'm just saying that's cool. <laughs> it is cool. Anyway, I think we're gonna get into our questions now, right? Okay. Oh. Mm-hmm. Bye. We'll see you next week. Okay. Bye. Bye. Okay. Well. <laughs> okay. <laughs> is that a good segue? Yeah, yeah, it was great. It was great. I didn't um, know what to do. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. Great, though. Very no, yeah, funny, sweet, very great, yeah. Comic. Seems interesting. Yeah, he's definitely. <laughs> fourth on uh, last comic standing. Yeah. Ooh la la. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He's great. And he's quite he's quite brilliant, actually. He is. Yeah. And he's the nicest. So and nice. He's a sweetheart. Yeah. He seemed nice for the moment he was sitting there. Yeah. <laughs> like, kind of right. looking at us, I like, know. what's happening? <laughs> that was the look he came in with was, uh, 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 I guess I'm here now. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. Yep. <laughs> 
Um, okay, so um, what's we're just jumping right right into it. What is your greatest fear and why? Ah, uh, yes, I I wasn't there. There were a couple fears that came to mind. I don't know about greatest. One of them would be my parents dying without me getting to like show them uh, some some sort of mm. I don't know something in my life that whether. I, I, I hope they get to... <laughs> like, I did it. Well, I mean, they seem to love me and be proud of me anyway, but I just kind of wish they could watch things get easier for me. Right. I would like that. Yeah. I'd really like that, and I'd really like that to be able to, like, afford to treat them to things. That yes. is a, something I really want. It would make me really, really sad and angry <laughs> if I never got that chance. Yeah. And I'm always, like, thinking, okay, I'm building up to this great thing in life, and I just want to see it all... Add, be like adding up to something that was worth it and I want them to like relax and be chill <laughs> you yeah. know um and the other fear I had was like the um I think maybe a universal feminist fear which is like that you can't have it all Oh, you know, yeah. I want all I, like, oh, what if they're right? You know, because I go for my career and aspirations in life, I won't be able to have love and family and other things in life, too. Yeah. Um, so that's one of the I mean, threats. Pressure to it's, be a woman, right? It's like, it's yeah. Being a woman, it yeah. Is. And I think society constantly threatens you with like, freeze your eggs and, you know, no. whatever. Uh, I think it's a racket. And if I, you yeah. know, if I get sold that I can't have them anymore, maybe I'm too old. I don't know. I, I'll let life happen. I don't want to judge anyone's choice right, of right, doing yeah, it. I agree, I agree. You know, I'm not judging also. anyone's choice. But I was like thinking for myself, I can't even afford to freeze my eggs. So yeah and i don't know if you have pms or not but you go through some hormonal stuff when you freeze your eggs like it's like oh PMS yeah times a billion mm -hmm. yeah i'd probably kill all the men, <laughs> kill all the men. Here, i have all oh, my yeah. eggs and i've killed all the men yeah yeah I mean, yeah like, yeah you no, i mean i might <laughs> i mean i think i i feel the same way like with the whole freezing everyone's like freeze 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 your eggs and all this stuff and i've always been like I mean, I think it's the artist in me, I guess, or maybe it's it's just like I want life to happen natural. Yeah, if it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, then I'll find a way to make something else happen that will make my life worthwhile. Yeah, absolutely. And I and I once told my friends we had packs when we were younger and scared of everything uh, that oh when we get to thirty five and we're just still single maybe we'll do friend babies. And I had some guy friends who were kind of serious about that with me. And I got there. I'm thirty six now, and I realized that. Wow. Yeah, twenty. Well, thanks. <laughs> you told me I was sitting here the whole time, and I was like, "How old is she? Her hair, is oh. amazing. her skin looks great." Oh my gosh! <laughs> There's women for you. You're talking. I'm like, her hair is so cute. <laughs> Love it. It's so shiny. Well, well thanks, guys. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, I. I forget what we were talking about. That was too nice. <laughs> uh, more about your hair. Friend yeah, more. Babies, friend, friend, oh, friend babies. I just decide, you know, I want to see what happens in life. Maybe I'll meet the right person I want to combine DNA with. The other side of it, too, is if I have enough money that I could afford having a baby and still getting manicures, maybe I'll do the... I, we'll yeah. see. We'll yeah. see when I get there. Yeah. Yeah. Just enjoy the ride, I say. Yeah, right? exactly. I love that about the parents. Thing, though, Me too. Sweet. I think, I mean, I feel that way. I'm a huge believer. I'm like, I just in, want to get back um, to my parents. If you're lucky enough to know where you come from, to appreciate that and and be have as much peace and, you know, love with it as possible, 
huge believer in that. And then if on top of it, you can also be like, and I am okay. I bought you guys a car. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's nice. Yeah. Or it could just Aww. be, um, what did I get my dad once? A shirt. Yeah, or it could just be that. Lots of golf balls. Lots of ties. Oh. <laughs> grilling equipment. The phone guy is back. Thing. Okay. Um, okay, great. Good answer. Uh, let's see. <laughs> we approve. <laughs> um, wait, where are the other questions? Um, greatest fear and why. Oh, have you conquered, conquered any fears? Oh, yeah. I mean, the movie. That oh. was scary to me. Basically, every time I've ever done something that was the best thing I ever did or worthwhile, I told myself right before I did it how terrible I was going to be, how impossible it was going to be to do it. I mean, even when I would do stand-up, I had monthly – my last monthly show before I quit was at Cake Shop, and it was on for three years. It was called cute. Street Meat. Oh, yeah, it was, it was such a cute place. I, I, yeah. I loved that never place. Been there. It's on Lower East Side. Well, it doesn't right? exist anymore. Oh. It's over. Right. Yeah. Sorry, Lower East Side. Oh, no more. Every place like that is yeah. totally gone down there. All my favorite comedy institutions that I'd perform at back in that day. Rafifi, Mo Pitkins. I mean, they're yep. all freaking gone. It sucks. Mm-hmm. Um, but whatever. Now there's new things like Creek in the Cave. And, you know, we, yeah. we are here at a comedy place called New York Comedy Club. Yep. Yeah. So, <laughs> but, but no, um, I, I remember times I'd get off of, I used to have a day job that was like nine to five and I'd get home from work and I'd have to go do the show. And I would say, there's no way I can get up today. I'm really sad or I'm really stressed out or I've just been through some stuff today. There's no way. And I have to go. I'm not going to just not go. And those shows were always excellent. Maybe because I right. threw out my bullshit or whatever, uh, but yeah. I've learned time and time again that no matter what your stupid little voice says inside your head about what you can't do, you always can just do it anyway. Yeah, just keep doing it. I like that, yeah. We've, yeah. we've talked about that, how really the people to. that are successful, and yeah. I feel like in show business especially, they stay in it. Yeah, they just, just stick to it. staying in it. And that, to me, is the hard part sometimes. Because I'm yeah. like... Yeah. I could just keep watching. Everybody wants to give up. <laughs> course, yeah. Over and over again. I mean, there was a time when I was a stand-up and I was getting really good auditions. It was between me and one other person for a big part on an adult swim show. It w- I had a part on this HBO show. I mean, I was auditioning. Like, right. I was in further, like, callbacks for shows. And I could have become an actor then. I could have kept with the stand-up and gone somewhere with that but and and I'm not anybody right now I've accomplished things but I'm not a name that is recognizable and I know that however in the time in these past few years the things I've learned how to do are such higher level than if I made as an actress earlier not that being an actor isn't high level but the technical things I couldn't have just learned being on set I know I can personally do so many things that are very very hard I could walk someone could give me spider-man I would know how to direct that and I didn't know that before so it's a blessing you know I guess it's a blessing that life turns the way it does these failures you know one thing opens closed another thing opens um but uh this point that you made about sticking with it frigate i i'm losing my what the point was what were you saying well i can tell you this though <laughs> that you know you could do what judd apatow did which is keep directing stuff and eventually you get you get good enough yeah you get uh, people put you on stage anywhere yeah. you know what i mean yeah like yeah stand-up career <laughs> has been re- you know yeah flourished oh i noticed <laughs> and i put that in my pocket as something i wanted so <laughs> hopefully yeah, yeah. i would love that to happen that's great I mean, granted, you'd still have to work on your stand-up for it to be good. Um, And I'd have to do that. I mean, and stand-up for me is one of the... I mean, it's such a hard thing to do. Yeah. 
But the, my biggest fear was just getting on stage as a stand-up because as an actress, it's different. You have to be vulnerable as a, as a stand-up. And I'm still terrified every time I get on stage. But every time I get off stage, no matter if I do good or not, I'm just proud that I did it, you know? Because it's like, if I can do that, then I, the rest of my day is easy. Absolutely. No, I mean, my first stand-up show, because I before I did stand-up, I did improv and sketch and made funny videos for years before I did stand-up. And I finally was like in New York on my own. I was like, I got to do just something that's just me. And I forced myself to do stand-up. And I read off of a piece of paper and I was shaking and I knew that I sucked while I was doing it. Yeah. Of course, what, what more is there to be afraid of than to be on stage knowing you suck? <laughs> and having to continue to be on stage until yeah. it's over. No, I suck. You know I suck. So but funny. I have five more minutes. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, but you get through it, and then psh, you're doing stand-up. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and everyone sucks. Yeah, <laughs> when they begin. Every, and even in the later years, when you still bomb, you still bomb. The big guys say they bomb all the time. All you the have time. to. You and have I've to. Seen them do it. I've mm-hmm. seen different famous people, because I used to, I don't mean to brag, waiters at a lot of comedy clubs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I've seen some famous yeah, yeah. Totally. But I respect. I respect famous people tanking, especially because I feel there's like this industry's rampant with people who we got the talker in the background again. It's distracting. Anyway, no, but I think this industry is rampant with people who keep doing their. Carry just he's like just like sorry. I know he's okay. Okay, he did. All right. So just my last point is that a lot of stand-ups I see them doing their tried and true material and their sets that just are like killer and they don't challenge themselves and they don't let themselves fail to try deeper, more sophisticated material. And it's my belief a stand-up will always remain their material will always remain superficial if they're afraid of failure. 100%. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Every bomb deep. every bomb makes you better. It's uncomfortable though. I mean, oh, so <laughs> so painful. We have such oh, egos. So painful. And we have such egos. I I know I do. I mean, I love when I have a great set. I'm like, I'm so talented. And then when I have a bad set, I'm like, I hate myself. Why don't why why am I alive? Yeah. You know, yeah. it's so dramatic. It's such yeah. a like crazy. Like it actually defines defines me in some way which it doesn't it can't you know what it kind of should maybe because it means you care about it that much and people will feel that on stage like that that you care about it that much means you're motivated and i am pretty passionate yeah that's true i say it's good it means you give a shit yeah that's true right it's uh, terrible watching someone who doesn't give a fuck yes like in it not i feel like there's a fine line with giving a fuck like there's a giving too much of a fuck but the oh. straight up like just is not I don't like that either care but don't scare care <laughs> but don't scare I like that did we answer all the questions I mean did she answer all the questions so we do a sketch now um, oh the sketch yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so cool. every um, episode one of us writes a sketch this one Ankara wrote uh, and uh, then we either do it no you wrote this one I wrote the last one oh yeah this one I wrote this one and then we do it either live on Twitter or uh, so t- uh, or live on Facebook we're doing this one on uh, Twitter so would you like to be Heather the nurse the patient or the doctor I say you cast me oh, <laughs> what do you think on Cara I'm not good well, at casting uh, what are the choices the doctor the patient or the nurse oh uh, <laughs> oh which one? Um, okay, I picked the patient. Oh, okay. you do? Yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. Good. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to have to go do another one of these. Okay. Okay. Let's see if we're in the victory. 
Okay, okay. do you want to be the nurse Why or the doctor? We don't we'll have boundaries nurse. on the gun, girl. The yeah, I'll be the nurse. Oh, okay. <laughs> did you study acting with anybody? Sorry, same I, question. I did, yeah. I mean, in college, I took oh, okay. theater classes, and I t I've taken workshops and improv classes and all oh, that okay. kind of stuff. Fun. Okay. Uh, do you love acting more than you love directing? Not at all. I like it the least. Oh, you do? <laughs> yeah. I, I, it's so refreshing. Yeah. No, I have almost no interest in acting um, unless someone gives oh. me like a really cool part. I, oh. Like the role I, <laughs> of the patient? Yay. I mean, it can be totally fun. And I, I just wanted to serve the movie. That's why I acted in my movie. I just oh, wanted to. I love that. Yeah. It's so different. Hmm. <laughs> I would be like the exact opposite. Well, because you're a diva. I, I mean, you're an actress. Actor. <laughs> I got so offended and then I was like, oh. Yeah. A little bit. I would want to be doing everything so that I would get to start in the Yeah, movie. of course. <laughs> well, anyway. Okay. Okay. Let's do this. Doctor's office, internal day. Interior. Interior day. Okay. Um, how are you doing today? Looks like you are here to get your appendix out. I'm okay. Uh, what, no, I'm, I'm here for a biopsy. Oh. That was the patient before. Uh, I was going to say, two in a row. <laughs> this is her chart. Ha, ha, ha. This is going to hurt. Or is this, is this going to hurt? Mm. Uh, I'm not sure. Maybe. Maybe. What? The nurse said you would be numbing the area and it shouldn't hurt. Oh, I thought you said, I thought you meant will it hurt your feelings. Is it going to hurt my feelings? Nurse, is this the same doctor that's always here? Yes, she's the best. It's okay. I'm the best! Oh, I just need a moment. I will be right back. Big breath in, big breath out. Um, this feels scary. Is this scary? Totally, but not because of the doctor. She's fine. Great. The best. Just a little goofy. Oh, perfect. That's exactly what I want in a doctor. Ma'am, I can tell you, ma'am. Or do you prefer sir? What? Uh, I'm a woman, ma'am, or Mrs. Even, even is fine? Miss. <laughs> okay, anyway, ma'am, your attitude is probably what got you here in the first place. Excuse me? Negativity causes dis-ease in the body. So your blech thinking has made an illness via the disease of your attitude for your poor body. Aww. I thought that's what the biopsy was for, to see if I'm sick, but you're saying I'm sick. Well, you have a sick attitude, so brace yourself. Okay, let's do this. The nurse is saying awful things to me. She's nuts. Mm -hmm. Okay, noted. What? I noted it. I put a note on your charty chart chart. Did you just go get high? <laughs> no. No way. That's not cool. Okay, so let's see this big chill. We are going it's to It's her breast. It's my breast. It's a breast biopsy. Okay, see, the nurse does have your back and your breast. Ew. Ew. <laughs> Maybe I should come back? Nope. We are good. Let me just wash up. 
it's her left breath and breast. And be careful, I heard she's a biter. I can hear you and I'm not a biter. I have never even seen you before, either one of you. Um, it's okay, it's okay. Ladies, ladies, one thing I've learned in life is that you don't have to like everyone and not everyone has to like you, even if that involves bringing back a homemade apple pie to the farmer's market. I have a right to fresh produce or produce freshly used for pie. Ugh, I love a great apple pie. Okay, count back from 10. Why? I thought it was just a needle pinch and not, ow, what is happening? Ugh, you know what? You really are a difficult person. Let's do this another time or like maybe never. I, I need to go meditate for a few minutes and shake this off. You just put a staple in her stomach. This is crazy. I'm reporting this whole office. Is there another doctor who can take out this staple? Girl, you need that staple. You should keep it. Are you calling me fat? I'm calling security. Bye. Have a lovely afternoon. Remember, you are what you eat. Oh, my fucking God. I'm leaving. Forget it. I will go to the ER. You're welcome. Oh, such a bad attitude. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Poor patient. <laughs> Sorry. Ooh. You're welcome. I went, um, I went to the doctor yesterday, and for like two seconds, they were foibling. No, it was like a full-on minute almost. They were foibling around so much with the equipment that I was like, in another three seconds, I'm leaving. <laughs> Nobody's touching me. Nobody. Out of here. Nobody wants foibling at the doctor's no, office. I want to think that you know so much more than me. Totally. Whatever is happening. <laughs> I don't want to, I don't want any of, uh, like, if I just reached over and did this, everything would be okay. Yeah. Yikes. Uh, well, thank you for joining us, Heather. It was thank a pleasure so having you here. And um, do you want to plug your movie and let everybody know where they can see it, hear it? Absolutely. One, thank you. You guys are great. Um, okay. <laughs> two, check out hashtag inside you movie. It is coming. There's a couple screenings coming up. One at the Kew Garden Cinema of Film on August 6th. That's a Sunday at 8.30 p.m. And then in Chicago at the Improv Olympic on September uh, 15th, and then there's a couple more screenings coming up in Colorado and Omaha, so just check out hashtag InsideYouMovie or InsideYouMovie.com. Okay. Thank you. Awesome. Thank Are you. you. On social media yourself? Anything you'd like yes. to Yes. Um, Twitter, at Heather Fink, okay. and that's Fink, like as in F as in fuzzy or fuck, not sink, like a kitchen sink, <laughs> Heather Fink. Um, I like that. <laughs> HeatherFink.com, and on Instagram is LeatherFink. Leather Yay. Yeah, nickname. I love it. Thank you, okay. Thank you, Heather. Thank you both. Gone Girls Podcast. We interview the people we like and try to get to the bottom of life. The Gone Girls Podcast. The Gone Girls Podcast Show.